good. Well, we've had about, I think about 10 people got saved on the streets tonight, so let's give Jesus praise for that. Well, we welcome the, uh, want to welcome the evangelist teams up on the platform, and uh, I know Francois's team and Sarah's team have got some testimonies, and Joshua's, you know, you might as well come on the platform as well, and a few of you guys. So let's give them a hand as they come right now. Now, while, while they're all making their way down here, I want to make sure that you're aware of what's happening next Sunday. We're going to be launching what we call Missions Month. And now, if you've got a revival times, you'll see on the front cover, it's all about missions. So make sure you've got a revival times tonight and you can read through all the different things that are happening. Now, what is Missions Month? When you come to KT next week and right throughout the month of July, all you're going to hear about is missions. Missions from the front door, missions from the pulpit, missions during the worship, mission, mission, mission. And hopefully when you leave the building, you'll also be thinking about mission, amen? And uh, we're going to be having early morning prayer meetings for missions on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Wednesday night, we'll have a key focus on missions as well. And at the end of the month, there'll be a half night of prayer dedicated to missions as well. Now, our main aim and strategy is to raise funds for Brazil and our Bible school out there and Collins material out there. It's going to cost us around 50,000 pounds, and that's what we want to raise in the first couple of weeks during July as well. Now, we we're going to be raising that through the services, but also through the different cell groups. Put your hand up if you're a cell leader here tonight. You're a cell group leader. Now, every one of you, I want to encourage you to plan an event where you raise some funds for missions. You can use the yellow envelopes as well and bring them in. You can collect them from reception. There's going to be loads of different events happening. I'm organizing a football tournament. We're hopefully going to raise a couple of hundred pounds for that. The sponsored events that people are doing right throughout the month as well. So come and see us. You can email me at missions at kt.org. Also, one of our events starting on the 6th of July, on Saturday the 6th of July, is going to be our Brazil experience. The stewards should have these flyers where you can invite someone to come along and join. It's going to be a Brazil experience with Brazilian food, the Brazilian worship band, and solo acts. Also, our Brazilian missionaries are going to be there, and you'll find out firsthand what is happening in Brazil and what can be achieved out there as we're raising funds for that. Also, Sunday the 7th will be our Brazilian Sunday. We'll have special guest Marcelo from Brazil preaching in the services as well, and a Brazilian barbecue on Sunday as well. So Brazilian fever on the 6th and the 7th as well. And also on the 2.30 service, this might be a bit much for you to take in right now. The 2.30 service is going to have special guests from Paris, from Rome, from uh, Kemi's going to be speaking about Mali, firsthand about the missions that Katie's already doing. And then our senior minister is going to be doing his course on life to the nations, the history of missions. You might not have realized, but in the last hundred years, we've seen amazing growth. Not, not maybe in Europe, but in Africa, in South America, in India. Hundreds of thousands of people have been saved in these areas that, that people have never heard the gospel in. So we're going to be talking about the history of missions. It's going to be well inspiring for you during July as well. So read the Revival Times, and next week is going to be our key time where we launch for missions. Now, talking about international missions, we're talking about local missions tonight. So Francois, let's give Francois a hand right now as he comes forward. And this lady, from your the ladies from your team, not that we're tired about you giving testimony, but tell us tonight briefly what happened, and then... Pass it over to some of the ladies to share. First of all, let's give, let's give Jesus some glory. Come on, 11 souls. Jesus! Come on, Jesus! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Man, we had a really good time tonight um, in Ladbroke Grove. Um, Paula, praise God, you said tonight, let four people to the Lord. One on the way back to church. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! 
And then uh, MSR, which is stuck there in the middle, she can't come to the platform. And Ildigo was teaming up. They led someone to the Lord, but uh, you know, let, and then we had Aboya setting the platform fast. Right in the beginning, she was playing the flute. You know, God can use us all. Again, he showed up. She used the instrument, set the most amazing atmosphere. People were so open to receive. But I'm going to be quiet now and give Paula the opportunity to let you understand how easy it was for people to receive Jesus. Okay? Hallelujah. So Paula, tonight is one of your first times out on the streets. So tell us how it was and tell us about the people who specifically made a response to the gospel. It was one of my first times. But... Um, I have been out before, but in comparison, comparing um, both times, this time, um, people were really, really receptive to the gospel. Um, they were quite open and they were quite willing to receive. So the harvest is truly ripe. And um, so we just need more people. With, uh, as, with respects to um, the people led, um, three young women, um, two teenagers, and someone, I think she was in her 20s, but they were quite open and quite willing to um, receive. Um, the only gentleman, he was, um, he was a father and he was with his daughter and he, he, really, he really was receptive and he, want, he um, encouraged his daughter to say the prayer of salvation as well. Right. So it was like, That's like household salvation. So when you say receptive, you know, what, what do you mean by that? They were receptive. Did you share Jesus with them? Were they just like, you said, you want to know Jesus? And said, yes, straight away. Tell us specifically what happened. Well, I kept it simple. I said, um, Jesus loves you. Um, he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to live with you. And he, he, um, and he can, he's your deliverer and your salvation. I just um, um, shared with them that um, when their parents or um, family or friends or when no one's around, you will still have him, you know, and, um, and they were quite receptive. And they prayed to receive Jesus, which is awesome. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give it up for Paula right now. Sarah, you come tonight. Sarah, I don't know where all your team members have gone. They've all jumped ship or something. But tell us what happened in Shepherd's Bush. Four people responded. You told me a Muslim woman, a Muslim man, a Romanian person, a Hungarian man or woman, I don't know. So tell us briefly, I know she's a bit of an evangelist, but briefly tell us who these people were and how they, how they responded. Uh, uh, two, uh, I mean, evangelism is teamwork. I, I had one soul, so I'm not representing the four. So Darren, a young guy, uh, one, two of the, the guys to the Lord. And the other one, uh, I shared him with, with Lara. In fact, Lara should be here, really. Uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> I can only talk about the ones that I, I was involved in. Uh, the first one was a lady. I didn't even know she was Muslim. And, uh, you know, I'm coming back to the prayer. Prayer works because I was shocked when, at, in, in the end, when I came to filling in the form and I said church affiliation, she said Muslim, and I said I was taken aback. And I was, because it was so easy, I've never come across a Muslim that just did that. I even shared to the team, I said, yeah, prayer works. So when we pray, we really pray and we mean it, you know, and, and God answers. This lady, there was no problem. I just stopped her. And then I said, you know, do you know Jesus? Because I've been in the course today, XEE. I haven't been really a regular. But, you know, today I got something out of it and I used it. So first of God forgive your sins. <laughs> 
And then, uh, you know, the faith, and we did faith and response mainly today. Uh, Pastor Amanda did uh, response, and the other guy did faith. So first, I, found, I, I needed to find out under faith if she knew Jesus. And then she said, oh, yes, I know Jesus. So I, I wanted to know how she knows him. So she explained, and I could tell that, no, she's not saved. So I took it from there. Then when I got her where I wanted her, uh, you know, now she knows Jesus. And then uh, do you agree that he's Lord? You know, that's under faith, under the XEE course now. You know, it helps. <laughs> so we need to get there because it gives us the tools. And it doesn't matter how long you've been doing evangelism, you need it because I needed it today. So it starts next, septem next September, by the way. Yes. So agreement. Uh, do you agree that he's Lord? She agreed. And, uh, you know, do you trust uh, in him alone? You know, that's un under faith. So you need to trust in him alone. And then we got there. So now it, I came to the place of response where she needed to respond. You know, so what do you say? You know, the tools are there. You believe his Lord. You, you, you believe, you know, he is, 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 you know, he, who he, you know who he is. So what are you doing about it? And then she, you know, I, I said, do you know that you are a sinner? Do you admit you are a sinner? I explained, you know, the sin, the, theology, whatever she admitted. Yes, I am a sinner. And then I said, okay. So that's under response. It's A, B, C. Under A is admit you are a sinner. Under B is believe. He's, he's, he's a, he's <laughs> B is, is a God's son. You know, is believe he's God's son. So you get them step by step, you know. So, okay, you, 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 you are a sinner, you admit, yes. So next, do you believe that he's God's son? Oh, yes, I believe he's God's son. Okay, then you need to follow him. So that's when we come to the form. So when we say he's, he's, he's God's son, we get them to pray, we get to the form. Then if you, if you believe, then you need to get to the, the last step is for you to follow him. And the only way to follow him is to fill in the form so that, you know, somebody can <laughs> become a follower. Amen. So after you shared all of this stuff that you're teaching us the whole course tonight, this Muslim lady received Jesus. Received Jesus. And the other thing is it was so easy. She didn't argue. I didn't even know she was a Muslim until I came to the form where it says, you know, the, the, you know yeah, uh, 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 religion uh, background. And then she said, Muslim. I was taken aback. You know, after she left, I went to the, the lady. I said, oh, you know, that girl is a Muslim. And no argument, no nothing. You know, and then I said, you know, it, prayer works. So when we pray, you know, next month is going to be prayer every Wednesday here. It works, guys. So for a Muslim, not to argue, not to say, oh, Muhammad is also, you know, a prophet, or Jesus is just a prophet. We get that a lot. But today, she didn't even go to Muhammad. She just said. She went straight to Jesus. Straight to Jesus. So Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give it up for the evangelism teams. God bless you guys. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord just for a few moments. And let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come in our lives afresh. We've already been inviting him. He's already here. I know that. But let's just consciously step into his presence in a deeper way together. Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill us afresh this evening. Lord, we need a fresh touch. Lord, we don't ever want to become familiar or over-familiar with you. And think that we know who you are and how you work. Second-guess you. But Lord, we come 
to you as Almighty God, because that's who you are, Holy Spirit. We're so grateful that Jesus didn't leave us as orphans, but he sent to us another comforter, just like himself, the Holy Spirit. And Lord, you are moving across the earth right now. Wherever believers reach out to you, you're there. Wherever there's prayer, faith-filled prayer, you are there. Wherever there's a soft heart, you're there. Wherever there is somebody that comes to you, you never turn them away. Holy Spirit, you're there. And you're bringing us Jesus. And you're bringing us the Word and making it live in our hearts. And it was you, Holy Spirit, that brought us to the place of salvation. And it's you that's sanctifying us, changing us and molding us into the image of the Son. Lord, Holy Spirit, without you, we can't do anything. We can't know anything. We can't be anything. We can't do anything without you, Holy Spirit. No wonder Jesus said to his disciples, waiting to Jerusalem. Don't go out. Don't do anything. Wait in Jerusalem till you're clothed with power from on high. Even our Savior himself to honor you, although he could have ministered in his own divinity, our Savior himself to honor you, Holy Spirit, waited till he was baptized by John. And then you descended upon him, Holy Spirit, like a dove. And he ministered out of your anointing three years, died in, under your power. And Lord, you rose, you raised him again on the third day. You are the spirit of resurrection. Lord, we ask that you will breathe life into our Christian experience. If there's anybody in this place today or watching on the internet, and you found that your Christian life or experience is getting a bit dull, a bit routine, slightly religious, then why don't you just open up and invite the Holy Spirit to come and be your captain of your ship, to be your senior partner in this life, to lead you, to be with you, there's nothing that the church in Europe needs more than a fresh experience, an authentic, fresh experience of the Holy Spirit. Lord, in many ways, Holy Spirit, you're the only hope of Europe, because unless you move in grace and mercy across this continent, across this nation, turn stony hearts into soft hearts, we're lost. And Lord Holy Spirit, we, we have discerned, doesn't take an anointing, but we have discerned that the wrath of God is revealed against this nation. And the wrath of God is revealed against Europe. For we see people with hard hearts towards you, running in the opposite direction of righteousness at all levels of society and rulership, people are turning their backs on you. 
false religion is flowing like a river into our nations. And so we turn to you tonight, Holy Spirit, because you are Lord of the harvest. And you are the one that causes evangelism to work. And you are the one that can turn a man or woman's wicked heart towards the Savior and Master, Jesus. So work in us, Lord, we pray. Open your word in our hearts today. Do something new, we pray, in our lives. We open ourselves. We want to know you more, experience you more, walk in your anointing and empowerment more. We want to step into the things of the Spirit. to come into the body of Christ. Holy Spirit, help us to put down our charismatic toys and to step out of our charismatic kindergarten playground and step into the battleground where you are with the blood-stained banner of the crucified Saviour and the resurrected Lord Father, send the Holy Spirit upon us in these days. Let your glory rest upon us on these days. We, we yield to you afresh tonight in this service. We honor you afresh tonight. May we not grieve you, Holy Spirit, in our lives. May we turn from the flesh and exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit. us, Lord. Do a great work in our lives that we might do a great work in these days. Raise up a new generation and may we be part of that new generation. A new generation. Reveal, reveal the sons and daughters of the latter house. Clothe them with compassion and mercy power and might, conviction and faith. Raise up the sons and daughters 
of this latter house, that the glory of this latter house would be begin to be seen in greater force and manifestation. You know the plans that you have for us in this ministry, in this church, and as individuals. We pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would move upon us in these days. And have mercy on us, Lord. Compassion on us, Holy Spirit. Be not offended, but bring mercy and forgiveness. Be not grieved. Teach us how to honor you, Lord. Teach us how to honor the Son how to be obedient to the Father. Holy Spirit, teach us how to walk in step with you. Teach us, Holy Spirit, how to be led by you. Manifest yourself, not just in signs and wonders, but in God's Word. Manifest yourself in our prayer times. Manifest yourself in our families. Manifest ourselves in our workplaces, in our cell groups, may there be a manifestation of you, Holy Spirit, come with your gifts, may your gifts be manifest like never before, in the sons and daughters of the latter house that you are raising up and make room for the Lord, make room for the new generation of all ages, oh God, we ask you to come have your will and have your way in our lives we sense your stirring we sense your presence and your brooding over us hovering over us as you did at the beginning of creation Lord Holy Spirit you hovered over creation ready at God's word to create, to produce, to multiply. We sense in this place tonight that there is the hovering of the Holy Spirit ready to touch people's lives through the Word of God, ready to bring healing of the heart and body, ready to bring manifestation of the kingdom of God most of all ready to glorify Jesus within our midst. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, within our midst. We pray that you will come upon our lives in power tonight. Great changes would be made. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Please take your seats. When I was asking the Holy Spirit for the sermon title for this evening, he said and gave me the word, the Holy Spirit, your senior partner. And of course, that phrase reminds me of a marvelous book by somebody who has walked with the Holy Spirit and by his power, been involved in growing the largest church the world has ever seen. I'm talking about David Youngi Cho and his church in Korea and his wonderful book, which I've been walking through again, The Holy Spirit, My 
senior partner. But tonight, I want to challenge you about the Holy Spirit being your senior partner. One of the dangers that we face as Pentecostals is that because we're called Pentecostals, we can tend to think that we know all about Pentecost. And because we're Pentecostals and Charismatics, we can tend to think that we know the ways of the Holy Spirit. We're not like that com conservative evangelical bunch who don't speak in tongues like what we do, don't roll on the floor like what we do, because we know who the Holy Spirit is, or so we think. But that over-familiarity is a great danger in our midst, the assumption that we know the Holy Spirit, the assumption that He's going to move in our meetings, the assumption that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know what they say about the word assume, don't you? Okay. Don't assume. Don't assume anything with the Holy Spirit. Because the moment you assume anything with the Holy Spirit, it's not the Holy Spirit. And so today, I wanted to share some things with you. Maybe nothing new, but hopefully something with a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit on for now, for you, for now. I know he wants me to speak on this subject tonight. Therefore, it means that many of us need to hear this and are ready to hear this. The Holy Spirit, your senior partner. Please turn with me to John chapter 14 and verse 16. It must have been wonderful and awesome to, walked, to have walked with Jesus those three years, to have been one of the 12 or the 70 or the close and to have felt the presence of Jesus in meetings and gatherings and homes, to have heard the grace upon the words that he spoke and the power of his word, and to have been close to him. Some, some even had the opportunity to reach out and touch him, and out of him power flowed into their lives. And in John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure to go to return to be with his father. And he says this, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. Then move in the same chapter to verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. Straight away we hear Jesus saying, I'm going, but I'm going to send somebody else. I'm going to send another, just like me, in the same order of me, just as Jesus is God, so the Holy Spirit is revealed as God. Don't you know that God is Trinity? God is one being, only one being. There's only one God, he is one being, but he is three persons, 
revealed in Scripture. And so, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, this is a bit loud and it's whistling, the Son of God said that now the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, was going to be sent to them. And the name, it depends what version you have. In my version it says, I will give you another helper. Sometimes in some versions you get, and I will send another comforter. In other versions, versions, I don't know where that came from, amen. In other versions, it says, I will send you another advocate. Advocate. Now, all these are, are nice words, but really they don't come close enough to the actual word that's being used. And when we're speaking on the subject of the Holy Spirit, your senior partner, the Greek word that is used here is extremely important. Maybe some of you have heard it. The Greek word is paraclete. That's the word used, paraclete. Helper, advocate, comforter. Paraclete, kletos, called, para, alongside. Called alongside. That's the Holy Spirit's name here. I will send you another who is called alongside. Straight away in that name, the paraclete, we get who he is. He's a partnership. He is called alongside. To be called alongside somebody is to partner with them. These are the words of a partner. In legal terms, a paraclete was somebody that would come into the courtroom on your behalf. You know, I hope you've never had to be in court, but if you ever have to be in court, normally you don't go there yourself, do you? You can't speak for yourself. What do you need? You need a lawyer. You need someone who can represent you, someone who can defend you, someone that can speak more eloquently and, and give you the best chance of victory in the court. Even today, in legal terms, the word paraclete is still used in, in the English. So here we have a picture of Jesus sending someone who will be called alongside. In verse 17, we see that the world can't receive this person that's called alongside. This is somebody that's only called alongside believers. The world can't see him. He's not called alongside unbelievers. We'll see what he is called to do for unbelievers in a minute. But he's called alongside the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him because he dwells with you and will be in you. And then verse 26, but the one called alongside the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I've said to you. So we see that the Holy Spirit is called alongside to teach us. We need to be in a teacher-pupil relationship with the Holy Spirit. Every time you open the Word of God to read it on a daily basis, you don't just read it. Anybody can read the Bible. What you do is you open it you say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Teach me. When you come to a service, when you're in a cell group, you say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Bring this Word into my heart. And those of you that know the Lord know the workings of the teachings of the Holy Spirit. 
Have you ever read the Bible and all of a sudden a, a verse leaps out at you? It's like somebody has taken a highlighter pen and highlighted, you, highlighted it for you. It's the Holy Spirit teaching you. Have you ever sat under the ministry of anointed preaching and teaching and found that not only did you learn things from the sermon, but something was highlighted to your heart? Something special, something just for you. God broke down the word and said, this is what I'm highlighting to you. And it burns within your heart because the Holy Spirit is taking the word and he is breaking it into a portion individually for you. That's what's happening, whether you recognize or realize it or not. But I'm saying, please recognize, please realize the work of the one called alongside in your life to teach you. Because if you consciously recognize it and seek it, the Holy Spirit will bring to you the powerful Word of God and make it living and active and cause great blessing and change in your life. I have my own prophetic personal notebook where as the Holy Spirit speaks to me in various forms, and the Holy Spirit can speak through so many things if we're sensitive to him, television programs, music. He's not limited in the way that he can speak to us. But he is limited by those that don't want to learn from him. So those that don't go to the Holy Spirit and say, teach me, guide me, speak to me, aren't going to get much from him. So... Go to him and ask him to teach you. Ask him to speak to you. But be open. Because the Holy Spirit may teach you some things you may not at first like. He may speak to you. And this is one of the things I want to emphasize this evening. When we speak about the Holy Spirit, not your equal partner. Neither is the Holy Spirit your junior partner. You say, how could that be? I'll show you. But the Holy Spirit is your senior partner. And very few people treat him in that manner. Seriously. You may have heard of the book, Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. It may be a phrase that's well known, but very, very few of us actually Treat him like a senior partner in our lives. Many people treat him like a junior partner. Many people perhaps like an equal partner. But as a senior partner, I'll come back to that. You're in John's Gospel. Go to John chapter 16 and verse 7. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. 
Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So here again we see a picture of Jesus saying that actually it's better that we have the Holy Spirit than have him. Isn't that amazing? It's better for us that the Holy Spirit has come than Jesus has remained. And then we see this great work of the Holy Spirit. I know I'm not teaching many of you new things. I'm hoping there's going to be some sort of Holy Spirit perspective on them for you this evening. That the Holy Spirit is a Holy Spirit of purpose and design. And that he has come to the world for a purpose, a design. He's not just come for a party or just to enjoy the world, but he has come with a purpose, a plan, and a mandate. We've already mentioned the teaching of the believers, but here we see he's come because there is desperate need for his power. Why? Because the world is in sin and does not believe. Why? Because the enemy in so many areas seems to be victorious. Why? Because People don't believe or understand that Jesus is on his throne. And the Holy Spirit has come to change that. He has come to convict and convince people that they are sinful and they need a savior. He has come to convict and convince people in the core of their being that Jesus is Lord and raised from the dead. And he has also come to convince people that we have power over all the works of the enemy, even at times when the works of the enemy look like they can't be stopped. That's the Holy Spirit's reason for coming. That's why you hear evangelists out in the streets earlier this evening saying prayer works. What they mean is the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit saves. It's impossible for a human being to be saved apart from the working of the Holy Spirit. The Bible declares and makes it plain, no one seeks God, no, not one. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. It takes a mighty, miraculous work of the Holy Spirit to save anybody. And without the Holy Spirit's work, no human being would ever be saved. They, they would never desire the gospel. It's a miracle of the Holy Spirit. And so when we look on our backslidden nation and backslidden Europe, what do we need? We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does and is doing in other places of the work, uh, world. We need the Holy Spirit to come and to save and to convict unto righteousness. We need the Holy Spirit to turn lost people into saved people, darkness into light. We need a Holy Spirit move. But you see, this is it. The Holy Spirit is not going to do it himself. He's looking for partners. Junior partners, mind. But he's looking for partners. He's looking for you. And he's looking for me. To partner with him in his great mission. 
The Holy Spirit is God's executive agent on earth today. And without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing of any worth. I mean, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And he was right. But the Lord Jesus is in heaven right now interceding and praying for us here in this meeting. But without the Holy Spirit, you can't do anything. You can do a lot of things, but they're of no meaning, worth or value in the kingdom of God. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't do anything. That's why there needs to be a partnership. The Holy Spirit desires partnership with the British church today. The Holy Spirit desires a fresh partnership with Kensington Temple today. The Holy Spirit desires with you, whatever level you are, and I can't speak on your behalf, but I'll just say it, a fresh, a better, a stronger, or a new partnership with you as an individual today. He wants to enter into partnership with you. You say, well, how do you partner with the Holy Spirit? Well, if you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and 14. You're going to see something very powerful here, I hope. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. A great, a great Trinitarian passage. God is one being in three persons. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And here you see the special characteristics of the three persons of the Trinity distilled. Their manifestation, their role. When it comes to the Son of God, it's grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. When it comes to the Father, it's love. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only Son. You've got it. You've got grace. That's the main feature of the Son. You've got love. That's the main feature of our Father. And the main feature of the Holy Spirit, in some versions says the communion of the Holy Spirit or the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. What do we mean by the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? Well, I think often in charismatic circles, this fellowship of the Holy Spirit has been misunderstood. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. I think we have overemphasized this picture of the Holy Spirit being a dove. And unfortunately, I think the overemphasizing of this feature of the Holy Spirit being a dove has far too much feminized him. And I don't mean that in a negative way, ladies. I mean, he's the dove from above and he comes down and you've got to be so careful around him. If you say, boo, he flies away. Now, I understand the picture of a dove, but I find it difficult to relate to because it didn't say the Holy Spirit is a dove. It says he came as a dove. Jesus was baptized, and what happened? The Holy Spirit descended as a dove. For me, it's a picture of how he came down, not who he is. And I think we've overemphasized this and missed the strength of the Spirit and the purpose of the Spirit and the activity of the Spirit because we're too busy walking on tiptoes everywhere in case we frighten the dove away. Now, I understand that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, Ephesians says, and 
what normally people do is they take the dove and they don't grieve and they put it together and they say the Holy Spirit's a dove. When we were, when I was speaking to Samuel at KT, who does all of our backdrops and, and video, and, um, and I said, would you help me with a background for the Holy Spirit, your senior partner? And, I said, and he said, well, what sort of image do you want? Fire? It's a bit hard to put wind down, isn't it? I suppose, blowing tree. I said, anything but a dove. Anything from a dove. You put a dove up there, I'll shoot it down. And so I think in the picture that's behind me, I, I mean, it was, I think he's got, this is, this is more of what it is. You've got a picture of being taught how to fish. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I tell you what, the Holy Spirit is in the business of making us fishers of men and molding us into that. He'll help us. He'll show us. He's our, he's our senior partner. No, when it talks about grieving the Holy Spirit, I see that in terms of honor. I think the Holy Spirit is a highly honorable person. And I think he expects honor. He honors us. He's come to honor the Lord. Isn't it wonderful how the Holy Spirit comes? He doesn't come to speak about himself. He says, I'm not here to speak about myself. I'm here to honor the Lord Jesus. He could do. He's God. He doesn't speak of himself. He doesn't do of himself. The Holy Spirit comes and he's here just to honor the Son. Honor is extremely important to the Holy Spirit. Honor. And when you dishonor somebody, what do you do? You grieve them, don't you? So I think we should understand, especially in our partnership with him, there's a high level of honor that the Holy Spirit expects and requires of us. It's incredible to me how much the Holy Spirit uses us with so much dishonor flowing his way. Do you know what I'm saying? We look back at your life, look back at my life, and look at the times when the Holy Spirit was still there, still working, still wooing us, but the dishonor that Christians often hold the Holy Spirit in, dishonorable in him, expecting him to do this, expecting him to do that. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit will still even honor the gifts of the Spirit, even when the minister or those operating in the gifts of the Spirit are in sin. The Holy Spirit will still honor the Word, even if a preacher is in gross sin. It's amazing how he'll still honor the Word. Why? Because he's honoring the preacher? No, he has such honor for the Word preached, such honor for the Master. And so what the Holy Spirit is looking for, I don't believe, is a little dove flitting away. My goodness, the Holy Spirit raises up nations, brings down nations. The Holy Spirit can take the life of somebody like that and does, not just in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit got down into the dirtiness of our lives, rolled up his sleeves, got into our lives, and despite our rejection and hatred of the Savior, he did not give up. He was like a wolfhound, a wolfhound of the gospel, chasing us down, chasing us down, never letting us go until he got us, convicted us, and caused us to be born again. He's not afraid of a bit of rough and tumble. But that doesn't mean we don't honor him. In fact, we need to grow in our honor of the Holy Spirit. He's our senior partner. Where is the honor? How do we honor him? We have to learn how to honor him. Teach us your ways, Lord Holy Spirit, because your ways are not our ways. 
and your thoughts are not our thoughts. So teach us how to honor you and your ministry that we might be closer in partnership. After all, if you're in a business and you don't honor the senior partner, you're finished. I don't just mean he'll fire you. I mean, you, you can't work together. The whole point is there's a senior partner and a junior partner. And the junior is there to help the senior. And the senior is there to move forward and teach the junior. And if the junior partner does not appreciate or honor the seniority of the position of the senior partner, you're finished. Your business will not be a success. Now back to this word here, the communion or fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now when you talk about fellowship in the Christian church, it can be many things depending on your background. Sometimes it's tea and biscuits in the vicar's hall. At the end of the service, you're invited for tea and biscuits and a bit of fellowship. There's nothing wrong with that, but this is not what we're talking about here. Or the fellowship of godly friends, or the fellowship that we have together in ourselves. All those things are great, but you see, the word fellowship here, and I've got to go to the Greek with you tonight, is koinonia. Some of you may have heard it. Koinonia. And this koinonia is fellowship with a purpose. Everybody say after me, fellowship with a purpose. And sometimes in the charismatic church, I'm speaking generally and loosely, sometimes in the charismatic church, we've been very strong on fellowship and very weak on purpose. And thank God for moves of the Spirit of all kinds and shapes and sizes. Where people have powerful encounters with the Holy Spirit, thank God for those things. But those things are for a purpose. Those things are for a purpose. People that wait on the Holy Spirit and spend hours in His presence but do nothing for Him. Is that really fellowship? Do you hear what? I remember one Bible school student many, many years ago. And uh, he used to spend, after being at Bible school, he would spend hours and hours in the presence of the Lord. And he would tell me about it. And, I'd, and I said to him once, because I, I was trying to work out what was going on. Well, I thought, that's brilliant. He spends hours in the presence of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? But I thought, after a few weeks, I thought, but he doesn't do anything. He hasn't changed. He just spends hours and hours in the presence of the Lord, so he says. And after a while, I challenged him. I said, you spend hours and hours in the presence of the Lord. You're putting me off ever wanting to do that. He said, why? I said, because it doesn't seem to do any good. You haven't changed. You don't do more for the Lord than you did. I don't see more purpose in your life. You're just spending all your time in the presence of the Lord. But there seems to be no purpose, design, or effect on anybody that you meet or anything that you do. Help me here because this doesn't seem real. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit has a purpose. Koinonia means to do business in partnership. I was surprised when I actually uh, read this because I thought, the Holy Spirit, your senior partner, when I first heard that phrase, thought, oh, that's a nice phrase taken out of the business world. Oh, yeah, we could think of the Holy Spirit as our general, maybe, or we could speak the Holy, the Holy Spirit as this or that. And, and that's a nice phrase, the Holy Spirit, my senior partner. Uh, but it must be limited because someone's just used a business phrase for it. But that's what the word means. I mean, if you go to Luke chapter 5, verse 10, you're going to see this word, koinonia, and it's translated business. Luke chapter 5, verse 10. Luke 5, 10. 
And so were James and John, the sons of Des- uh, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Oh, I've, I've written it wrong. Just one second. I better. F- uh, I can't even read my own handwriting. Matthew, Mark. It's worth looking at this because of the power of the understanding of what this word means. Matthew, Mark, Luke five. Luke five ten. Yes. And so, all right, verse 9. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they'd taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid from now, you'll catch men. You see that word partners? It's koinonai. From koinonia, it's koinonai. Partners, it's the same word. Business partners. So that word partners is the word. Partners in what? Partners in the fishing trade. They were his koinonai from koinonia. So when we go back to 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about, we literally are talking about partnership in purpose, together. Not just a glee club, but a partnership with a purpose. God has a purpose for you and for I. He has a purpose for this church as he has for every church. And the Holy Spirit is the key to everything that we do. He wants to partnership with us. He's in the business of saving souls and bringing the kingdom of God and fitting us for purpose with the Holy, for the Father. And so the Holy Spirit, no wonder Jesus said, I don't want you going out without your business partner. I don't want you going out without power from on high. And then I was going to go, but I don't feel I need to tonight. We could go right through Acts. Acts chapter 5, verse 30. Peter preaching and saying, we are witnesses to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is also a witness. So the Holy Spirit has come to witness to Jesus, to show and witness that Jesus is alive and who he says. And how does he do do that? Well, Peter said, Acts 5.30, We witness, he witnesses. There is a partnership that God wants to have with us. And if we engage in this partnership, things will begin to happen in our lives that couldn't happen in our lives without this partnership. The senior partner. Again, I challenge you tonight by the Spirit. How are you partnering with the Holy Spirit? Do you even have a conscious partnership with him? I mean, you know, that other great book, um, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Anybody read that? Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Benny Hinn, what a great book that is as well as this. And, you know, you could think, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Is that what Benny Hinn says? Come on, can't we take that as read? I mean, do you really have to get out of bed? And first thing you do is go, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I mean, he knows it's morning. And he's good. Can't we just get on with our lives? My Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, my senior partner, and David Youngie Cho, leader of the largest church in the world, gets up in the morning and says, Hello, Holy Spirit, my senior partner. What are we going to do today? What would you like me to preach at the weekend? What church invitations from around the world should I go to? And you look and you think, wait a second. Do we, do we really have to be that conscious? Do we really have to be that avert 
with speaking, get up every morning, good morning, Holy Spirit. Well, yes. Why? Because it's acknowledgement. See, does the Holy Spirit need acknowledgement? He doesn't need anything, but he, he likes to be acknowledged. When you go into the, wor- into the workplace and you see your boss, you just ignore him. Or if the boss says good morning, you go, whatever. <laughs> no, I, I, I hope you make sure that your boss has a cup of tea or something or whatever he needs. Why? Because you're honoring him or her. You're saying, you're, the, you, you know, you're my boss. So this is important that we recognize and acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Not necessarily for His sake, more for our sake, actually. So the good morning, Holy Spirit, you don't have to say that, but acknowledgement, not assumption. We assume the Holy Spirit's with us. And maybe, you know, I think maybe, maybe He is, but we assume. We assume too much. It's that question of honor. And the word fellowship, although there is purpose in that, there's also fellowship. There's communion. As I was reading that passage in uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it hit me. I hadn't realized it hadn't come into my consciousness. But when I used to go to my junior school in a very tiny village, we had in the junior school, we only had 25 pupils in uh, in the whole, you know, so your year was about three or four people. And it was a Church of England school, and I'm very grateful to the school and the headmaster who was a godly man. And I'd forgotten that at the end of every day, the end of every day at school, we would come together, we'd have put our chairs on the table, and then we'd put our hands together, and then we would say the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. I mean, I got to admit, I was only a little kid. I didn't always pray it that well. Sometimes it was, how fast can you get that prayer out and get out into the playground? You know? Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us all evermore. Hey, and then we're out. But I thought to myself, wow, what a wonderful thing. For a child, for, I don't know, 10 or 11 years, every day of his life, whether he understood it that much or not, to be praying for the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And that's what God wants with us. He wants an intimate fellowship. He wants us to get to know him. And if I can put it this way, he wants to get to know us. He wants us to reveal ourselves to him. He wants to know who we are. He wants to get close to us. But when I say this, this is a closeness that always has an element of respect. I think sometimes people's relationship with the Holy Spirit is far too familiar. You say, can you be too close to the Holy Spirit? No. Can you be too familiar with the Holy Spirit? Yes. He's not spirit. He is Holy Spirit, separate, exalted. He's Lord. He's God. And in order to have close relationship with the Holy Spirit... He must be treated with the greatest respect, the greatest courtesy, because he deserves it. He's God, and everything that we do depends on him. And this is why I come back now to this idea that he is the senior partner. In practice, in many Christians' life, he is treated as as the junior partner, the very junior partner. And it's sort of like, 
Okay, Holy Spirit, this is what I'm doing. Bless it. Okay, Holy Spirit, this is what I need. Give me it. Okay, Holy Spirit, give me the gifts of the Spirit. Give me this. Do this. Do that. The other. We might not say it in those terms because it would reveal too much. But in practice, the Holy Spirit is some sort of junior partner following us around, picking up all the pieces and doing whatever we want him to do. And we can summon him when we want. Holy Spirit, I've got time for you now. And we can dismiss him when he wants. Oh, neighbors, see ya, junior partner. Off you go. Another time, another place. I'll call you when I need you. That's what senior partners do to junior partners. And so we can, without realizing it, treat him as a junior partner rather than as a senior partner or an equal. Again, the intimacy that can come in knowing the Holy Spirit, there is, there is, there is no um, limit to the intimacy that you can have with the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? So I'm not speaking against that. But sometimes, again, this comes back to the honor. We can treat him just like a buddy. He's my buddy, the Holy Spirit. You know, he's your senior partner. He is called alongside. That is true. He, that's his name, called alongside. But he is your senior partner. And what does that mean? Well, the senior partner is the one with the plans. He's the one with the leadings. He's the one with the anointings. He's the one with the wisdom. He's the one with the empowerment. And he's the one that you follow. He's the one. And he wants to have input in our lives. He wants to speak. He wants to direct. He wants to shape. He wants to mold. He also wants to correct and rebuke. When was the last time you were rebuked or corrected by the Holy Spirit? If you can't remember, or you don't know what I'm talking about, it means that your intimacy levels in the Holy Spirit have to be increased. Because if you're intimate with the Holy Spirit, you will allow Him and be open enough for Him to speak words into your life of correction. You say, have you ever been corrected directly by the Holy Spirit? Yes, often. What is it like? I don't know, it's sort of like, not nice, but nice. When the Holy Spirit corrects you, it jars you. It's not nice, but it's nice because you know it's for your benefit. And if you've not experienced the chastening of the Holy Spirit in that sense of correcting you, what that may mean is that you're not sensitive enough to Him or you haven't given Him permission to be senior partner. Oh, He's a great encourager. We know that. Oh, He's your one, He's your, 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 your favorite fan, he is for you more than anybody on the earth. I'm, all these things I'm taking that we know. But he wants to, a senior leader has got to be able to speak a word of correction into your life. But you have to give him permission. You can have a senior partner in a company and you can decide, what, well, what, he can say whatever he wants, she can say whatever he wants, I won't take any notice. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman, that's true, but he's also a warrior. You do have to give him permission. We don't, I mean, he expects you, sorry. He expects you to give him permissions in your life. He expects you to give him permission. He expects you to open yourself where you can hear things that you wouldn't before be open to hear. I have many things to tell you, Jesus says, but you can't bear them right now. 
Here's a word for someone to chew on. Could there possibly be things that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you, but as yet, you're not in a position to bear them? You say, what do you mean? I mean, the Word of God can be milk, can't it? But it can also be meat. And Paul said to the Corinthians, I should be feeding you meat. The trouble is, if I feed you meat, you're not weaned. You just spit it and throw it up again. The Holy Spirit wants maturity and discipleship in the church so that he can have higher levels of strategic partnership with us. The higher the level of moving in obedience and discipleship, the higher level the partnership. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is looking for top supernatural executives. Feel free to apply. That's what he's looking for. He's not looking to partner with babies in the creche who are still drinking their milk. Thank God, there'll be a time hopefully when they will grow up. But many of God's people have been in the creche for years, drinking milk. And the senior partner comes along looking for top supernatural kingdom executives. And he looks, he says, well, they're still drinking milk. He's looking for people that will go with him, believe in him, work with him, fellowship with him. Honor him as the senior partner. Listen to him. Not project themselves on him as him. Hear what I'm saying? Greatest danger in the church today is we project to the Holy Spirit our own emotions. Oh, this is what I feel. That must be what the Holy Spirit is feeling. You see, great intimacy must also have distance. Hear what I'm saying? Great intimacy with the Holy Spirit must also have distance. Moses comes towards the fire and is warmed by the fire of God's manifestation. But God says, yeah, all right, but something's wrong here, Moses. And Moses, oh, the glory, oh, the heat, the power, the supernatural, a bush that burns, but doesn't burn up. Oh, this is wonderful. And God's going, something wrong here. Uh, what is it? Take your shoes off, please. You can come into my presence, but take your shoes off. Honor, respect. These are the things that God is. And the more we honor and respect the Holy Spirit, the closer we will genuinely become to him. Genuinely. Honor of the Holy Spirit, respect of the Holy Spirit, is that that guards the authenticity of our relationship with him. I'll say that again because that's good. That was from the Holy Spirit himself. I can almost feel him saying, yeah, that's a good one. Well, it's from you, Lord, I hope. Honor and respect of the Holy Spirit's person. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did I say God? God's the authenticity of your experience with him. If you don't have that honor... And that respect, it'll all be jumbly jumbly. And you'll be thinking it's him and it's not him. Like the, like the bloke I knew at university, he used to get up every morning and ask the Holy Spirit what T-shirt he should wear. What T-shirt should I? I said, what? I was a new believer, but even then I was like, he was charismatic. Said, what? He said, you got, he said, you just got baptized in the Holy Spirit, Bruce, didn't you? Yes, I did. He said, oh, it's wonderful. 
said, look, I, every morning I wake up, ask the Holy Spirit what T-shirt I should wear. I went, what? Why would you do that? Can you imagine being a junior partner where you can't even choose your T-shirt? Can you imagine if my son came into my room, he's 16 for goodness sake, every morning, he said, Dad, what shall I wear? As your senior partner and father, shut up and choose yourself. Did I raise you this long that you can't even see what I'm saying? Some people in a restaurant, Holy Spirit, what is the good dish today? Now, having said that, I'm sure the Holy Spirit has an opinion. And I admit, sometimes in a restaurant, when I'm looking at the menu, I'm going, oh, I don't know what to choose. You've got an opinion, Lord? And sometimes he gives it and sometimes he doesn't. But it's not this type of pathetic, you know, situation. There's, there's mutual respect. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? The junior partner... The senior partner plans, empowers, leads, anoints, has wisdom, speaks, is to be honored and respected. And that's, that, that's, that's really the word I feel strongly for you tonight as a congregation. If you honor and respect him, he will come alive in your life like you could never imagine. That, that's the word I just keep hearing from the Holy Spirit. If you honor me and respect me, you'll see a revolution of my activity in your life and intimacy, and he will reveal who he really is to you. That, that, I just keep feeling that coming through. We're to listen, we're to act, we're to rely on his authority. That's enough. Let's stand together and let's just open ourselves right now afresh to the word of the Holy Spirit to us. We're going to just respond right now, consecrate ourselves. Where's the musicians? They should be ready at any moment to come on the platform, not five minutes later. Everybody standing, we're being passive now, we're going to be active and responsive. Wherever you are in the Holy Spirit, and I'm not saying that you're not partnering with the Holy Spirit, I'm not making any comments on individuals, but God is speaking to you wherever you are, and He's got a word for you, and it's about partnership with the Holy Spirit tonight. And so we're going to respond right now, and then we're going to move into a time of Believe in God for healings, miracles, words of knowledge, and ministry. But before we have the ministry of the Holy Spirit, let's just come into His presence and respond to what I hope you agree with me was a word from the Spirit, in essence, to our lives tonight. Holy Spirit, we respond because you're calling us, Lord. You're calling us into fresh levels of ministry. grace of Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the one called alongside. Why don't you ask him to come alongside you afresh tonight? Why don't you just pray to him, speak to him and say, Lord, come alongside me according to your name, Paraclete. Overshadow me, walk with me. Teach me your ways and your word. Reveal Jesus to me. Go ahead, speak to him. Invite him. He's speaking to some of you right now. Talk to him. The fellowship requires discussion, talk on either side. It's a fellowship, a partnership. 
When is the last time as a junior partner you spoke to your senior partner? Hallelujah. We welcome you, Lord, as you come alongside us with your purposes. You call us into fellowship, deep fellowship for deep purpose. Lord, the destiny of our nation depends on the quality of the fellowship between believers and the Holy Spirit. The destiny of Europe depends on the quality of the fellowship between the church in Europe and you, Holy Spirit. So right now, we, we're taking a quality check. Quality control in the house of God tonight. Hallelujah. And God, wherever we are, maybe we partnered with you and we ran off and we forgot about it. We're back tonight. We're back tonight, Lord. Whether we've forgotten or moved on and treated you a bit like a junior partner, your senior again this evening. Wherever, where we've disrespected you and not honored you, we ask your forgiveness. And we come in honor respect of the work of the third person of the Trinity, God, the Holy Spirit himself, who has come for Jesus' bidding and to do the work of Jesus. And we know that the closer we get to you, Holy Spirit, the nearer to Jesus you will take us. Yes, Lord, move among your people. Move among your people. Right where we are, Lord, we invite you to take up residence, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, send the Spirit of God upon our lives. Let everything we do be Spirit-coated. Let everything we say be graced by the Spirit. Everything we sing, graced by the Spirit. At work, at home, let the anointing of God and the presence of the senior partner be upon us and with us in the leading of the Lord. The sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. Lord, teach us and tune us to your voice through the Scriptures and the immediate witness. Yes, Lord. Work on us. fresh rain, like a light breeze, the Holy Spirit comes to meet with his people, fresh partnership. Where we've failed to take our shoes off in the presence of the fire, and all that symbolizes we come to you, Lord, with our hands raised. We're like children, Lord, teach us your ways. You've been so gracious and kind and patient with us, so merciful. Even being the junior, at times, taking that shameful place of, of a 
but God, not tonight. Tonight, you're senior. Tonight, you're Lord. Tonight, we begin a new journey of honor, respect and intimacy, fellowship and communion. Help us to discern between our imagination and your grace. Yes, Lord.